came back on. Guys, I am excited that you are here tonight. My name's Travis. If we haven't met, hopefully we'll get to meet soon. But I'm one of the pastors here on staff in student ministries. And so I love the opportunity to get to speak with you guys tonight. And I've got a, just a few thoughts. We're not going to be in here for a long time. But I've got a few thoughts that I think will help us grow and help us finish this awesome series that we've been in. So my first thing I want to do is I want to ask you a question. I know that spring break is like days away. we got to make it through another week. But who's going to the beach for spring break? Awesome. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I, I love the beach every bit as much as anybody in here loves the beach. But I was in the family growing up where the beach just didn't make sense because we could never afford to go to the beach. That's probably just some of us in here like, yeah, I can't afford to go to the beach. But so my family did something a little bit different to simulate the beach. And so we went, we would always spend our spring breaks and we would go to a water park. Does anybody go to water? You go to a water park? Six Flags got a cool water park, I think. I don't know, I've never been there. But where I, I, where I grew up in West Virginia, there is this place in Ohio and it was called Waves of Fun. Does anybody, Waves of Fun. It sounds like a place where there'd be waves and fun. And so that's where my family went for spring break. And so even though we couldn't go to the beach, we went to the water park. And the thing that I loved at the water park, because it was kind of like the beach, was the wave pool. Because I always grew up thinking that I was going to be like the, nef the next surfing sensation. Like surfing was not that hard. Like I could do it. But listen, surfing's hard. And the wave pool, it didn't take... It didn't take very kindly to you coming in and disrespecting the wave pool. And it was funny because I think it was a metaphor for a lot of us. But when I attempted the wave pool, I was so full of guts and I was so full of like perseverance. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it and I'm going to I'm going to beat the wave pool. But it looked kind of like this poor girl's experience with the wave pool. saw her again. That was my sister. Uh, no, I'm kidding. So that is kind of all of us, if we're going to be honest. Like, life is the wave pool, and we are that girl. At one point, you think, man, I am killing it. I am laying down on my boogie board, just cruising through life, and a wave swallows you whole. I get it. You know, it's like you actually studied for a test. I get it. Actually studied for a test. But then you got to see. Well, maybe some of y'all will be like, I've got to see? That's awesome. Killed it. But maybe it's something different. Maybe it's like you're ready for this next season. You're playing a sport. You're ready to win, but you get hurt. Maybe you're in a relationship and you just love him so much. And then you break up. Or maybe someone in your family gets sick. Or maybe your parents divorce. Or maybe something around you happens that is not what you expect. And that's a wave. Waves are all around us and they come 
And when they happen in your life, you stand there and you ask yourself, well, why is this happening to me? Have you guys ever been in that situation where you're asking, why is this thing right now, that's not fair, why is it happening to me? And that's why we're doing this series. Like, that's why this matters for all of us. Is because unless we're equipped to handle when waves of life happen, when things come that we don't expect and they sweep us off our feet and they knock the wind out of us, unless we're equipped in how to fight and persevere through that, well, then we get swallowed. And so they always come. And so how do we, how do we process when life's waves come at us? And it's through maturity. It's through experience. Like the, the first time... You shock yourself by sticking a fork in an electric socket. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. But let me say, if you do that once, you'll probably never do it again. The first time that you burn yourself on the stove is probably the last time you want to burn yourself on the stove. Because when bad things happen, your experience... And how you handle things, it comes through maturity. So when life gives you situations and circumstances that are really hard, how you handle them is something that the Bible is equipping us with. That we can make spiritual gains to handle the messiness of life, and that comes through our spiritual maturity. So when those external waves come, we have solid ground, we have a foundation of what we believe to stand on. And so you can write it down, the, the Bible's measure of spiritual maturity is really easy. You can write this down. This is not our main point, but I think this is valuable. Is that spiritual maturity is measured by Christ's likeness. That the spiritual maturity you have is measured by how much your life resembles how Christ lived. So we're going to jump right into the Bible. We're going to page 1171 in your Bibles. That's Ephesians chapter 4, page 11, oh, sorry, 1175, 1175 in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4. So this is what it says in verse 11. It says this, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there and every wind of teaching, by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. So what's that saying is that spiritual maturity is Christ's likeness, that when you are built up with spiritual maturity, when people come around you that tear you down, you have a foundation of how to live. That you know what happens in the circumstances of life because you know how Christ lived. You can see things differently. You react to things differently. And so if spiritual maturity is measured by our Christ-likeness, how do we look more like Christ? And so this is what we've been doing this these entire few weeks, these, these last couple weeks. But tonight we're going to look at this, this aspect of it. How do we look 
more like Jesus, we serve others. Because when we're serving, we're sacrificing something. We're sacrificing ourselves for the betterment of others, hopefully to enrich someone else's life. And we're sacrificing ourselves for others. We're looking more like Christ than probably in most other things that we do. Because Christ didn't come. Christ was, Jesus was not a selfish person. Jesus went out of his way to serve people. What's really cool is this is an experience that we're experiencing a little bit of this in this room. That there are leaders in this room who are, who are sacrificing something in their week, their energy their time, what they could be doing other than this, to exhibit this to us here at M12. It's really cool. And, and this is the main point. This is, this is the truth that's found in this, that when we serve, when you serve others, you grow yourself. It's really easy. That when you serve others, when you put others before you, you grow yourself. When you have the mindset of service, you have a resiliency to life because you don't look at how things affect you. Yeah, it's important to understand what's going on in your life and things happen and there are circumstances. But when you have the mindset that there is value in serving the people around you and caring about other people and not being so up about yourself, not being so selfish about the things that only affect you. It changes how you react to the things of the world. Because when you're serving others, like I said, you look more like Christ. And so spiritual gains, we're talking about gains, we're talking about how to be strong, how to be more effective, how to persevere through things in this series. We talked about how we can have community, the people around us that build us up. Something I learned a long time ago is that you're the average of the five closest people that you are with all the time. So if you look at the five closest people that you spend your time with and they're not that good, then maybe you might want to find five new people. But tonight when we look at serving, well, what if those people aren't that great who are around you? How can you make them better? Well, you can serve them. You can put their needs before yours. And the thing about serving, and it's the truth about making a gain, making a physical gain, the truth about serving is that it's hard. And that there's some suffering in it. It's not like I'm going to hurt myself or I'll be hurt by doing it. But there's suffering, there's sacrifice when you put others in front of yourself. Because it's easy to put yourself first. It's easy to go through life and think, well, how does this make me better? How does this make people think of me better? How does this make me feel? Is this the thing I want? Why do I want it? Well, it's because I want it. That should be mine. I worked hardest. I should have it. But if you want to have spiritual maturity, you have to embrace the suffering that comes with serving. And so that's the next thing that you should write down. Embracing suffering is the first great hurdle to growing your faith. It's not easy. And so when you have serving, there's always its friend suffering that comes with it. Sacrifice. It's hard. You have to put something aside that you could be doing so that you could serve someone else. And so I remember it when we're talking about, I always think of sacrifice and I think of suffering to be better. I always think about that in the context of sports. When I was in high school, I played football. In my sophomore year of, of high school football, we were the stinking best team in the state. We were undefeated through the season, undefeated through the playoffs, make it to 
championship games and lose pretty badly. He was 38-13 and lost in the state championship. That's bad, I know. But here's what happened. We were the most talented team in the entire state. I don't question it at all. But I don't think we had the fortitude. I don't think we would persevere when things got hard. We didn't know how to handle adversity. We didn't know how to handle the waves. So as that season ended and we get into training the next year, you know, naturally our coaches would ask us, like, I believe that you guys are the most talented. I believe that there's a lot of talent here and we should beat anybody just by the talent we have. But I don't know that you have the heart to do it. And so if you've ever had a coach, you've always heard that coach speak. You might be good, but do you want it bad enough? Do you want to be the best? Or are you okay with just having a lot of talent? And so I remember as soon as practices started up my junior year of high school in the summer, you know that if you play football in the summer, you start two-a-days, you start all these things, and it's hot, and you don't want to be out there. But my coaches, to see if we had what it took to persevere, to win, to suffer through the pain to be better, well, at the end of the week, at the end of our Thursday practice, after we've made it through the whole week, he lined us up on the field at the goal line, and he said, I think we're good, but I don't know that you have the heart to show it. And so we're going to prove it every week. So we started that first week with 40, 40 yard dashes at the end of practice. And so every week we ran 40, 40 yard dashes. Now, if you don't know how long a 40 yard dash is, after you run one, yeah, it's 40 yards. But after you run one, you don't want to run 39 other ones. It took an hour and a half to run 40, 40 yard dashes. It was not fun when you got 150 people on your football team. And so the way it progressed is that we were going to have to suffer if we wanted to win. We were going to have to get better and grow together and put the needs of our teammates, put the team first, and put ourselves back, put ourselves behind that. So every week we did good, we got one taken off. Every week that we stunk and we were selfish and we skipped class or we got bad grades or we were late to practice every time something that happened, we added another one. And so we made it through the season, and at the end of the year, we fought, we scraped, we battled, and we won state. We became the state championships. And you'd think it was, well, it's because, it's because you were the best, and you, then you just added this little piece of, like, I want it more. No, we actually stunk. We got the lowest seed in the playoffs. We were the 16th seed in the playoffs. But on the way to the playoffs, we beat, or on the way to the championship, we beat the number one, the number two, and the number four teams in the state, who were all either undefeated or only had one loss. Why? Was it because we were better? Maybe. Was it because we wanted it more? Absolutely. It's because we knew that it was going to be hard, so we fought when it was inconvenient to be better. And listen, a lot of you guys in here, and a lot of us, this is a story for a lot of us in our spiritual life. That you say yes to Jesus or you get on fire and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to do this. I'm going to live like Jesus. And I say yes and I got baptized and I got saved and all of this stuff. And then you don't grow spiritually. You don't grow in your spiritual life. In your relationship with God because you, re you refuse to believe that life's just not about you. That's a hard truth. 
taken me a lot of years to know that. And still, there's many days that I don't want to believe it. And so if you think, well, I said yes to Jesus, now when am I supposed to start, like, when is it supposed to get easy? Well, when have you made the sacrifice? When have you started saying yes to the things that he's calling you to, to make you better? One of them, putting others in front of yourself, putting others before you, sacrificing for the sake of service. Selflessness versus selfishness. And so you want to know more about what it means to live life like God called for us, like God has for us inside of his blessing? Then you have to know what it means to make sacrifice. And that's hard. And that's frustrating. And you're like, I wish it was this easy. I thought it was supposed to be easy. But it's, it's not necessarily that easy. But just like you're never going to get stronger physically unless you're, you learn to make the sacrifice to persevere through the hard work, you'll never grow spiritually if you don't learn to embrace the suffering that comes with serving others. And so 1 Peter, the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, Therefore Christ suffered in his body. Arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not have the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And so Christ had this attitude that it was not easy to live this perfect life, that it was going to take suffering, that it was going to take hardship. And so I'm not saying that life is necessarily going to be full of hardship, but as cheerleaders, it's not that easy either. <laughs> it's going to be hard at times. And listen... Like, the generation that you're in and the time of life that you're in, I get it. I was there. But you take everything really seriously right now. You take yourself really seriously right now. Like, there are some of you in here that are on your phones, even though, like, since the dawn of time, M12 has asked, please don't have your phones out. But what's happening on your phones right now is the most important thing happening. Maybe it's when you leave this room and someone walks by you and bumps into you and doesn't turn around and say sorry and you think that you just got disrespected, that that's the most important thing to ever happen and now you're ready to fight somebody. Listen, you laugh, you laugh, but it happens every week. It's because you take yourselves way too seriously. You can't have a life it is spiritually mature that looks like Christ if the thing that is most important to you is yourself. And so how do we put this into action? Because the more we remove our own selfishness for the sake of serving others, the more like Christ we become. But how do we put this in action? And I've got two really short things for us as application points, as action steps that we can do. Because just like, just like when you first go to the gym, the first leg day makes you never want to have a second leg day. And you walk like this. I get it. It hurts. It's painful. You don't want to do it again. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. The more you do it, the better you become. And so if you think putting someone else in front of you and thinking about another person instead of yourself and serving them, maybe it's as easy as not being a distraction while they're trying to learn. Maybe it's that easy. But every time you do that, it gets a little bit easier.
easier, and it comes in this first step. Practice sacrificing small things you care about. You should write that down. Practice sacrificing small things you care about. So, rather than taking yourself super seriously, because you can't serve others when life's about yourself. So, what is a way that you can focus on from being about yourself from being selfish this week? And selfish is a hard word. We hear that word and we're like, I'm selfish? Like, I think about other people when it's convenient, when I have extra time. No, but it's selfless. So how do we change our mindset from selfless to putting other people first versus being selfless? And so here's just a few things that I thought about. And these are true even for me and my life right now. Maybe this week you do something around the house that we've done before you are being asked. Maybe before mom or dad asked you to do something, you do it. Maybe this week you encourage someone that's having a hard week. Or maybe this week you take time to pray for your family or maybe with your family. Maybe that's brand new to your family. Maybe you stand up for someone who's being picked on. Rather than pulling out your phone to take a video, maybe you stand up for them. Maybe you forgive someone in your life before they ask for forgiveness. How can I serve others? It's not like, do I have to serve at K-12? Yes, that's great. And a lot of you guys serve at K-12, and you're killing it. And it's awesome. And K-12, our kids ministry here, you guys serve, and you're great. But it's not just that. You don't have to just serve in the church to serve others. Just by reacting and, and acting to other people how Christ would, you're serving somebody. And so I want you to think about this. Think about this for your next week. How can I put the need, the want, the feeling of someone else before my own? Just one time. It's not hard. Like, you'll probably do that by the end of this day. You'll open the door for someone, and that's awesome. You serve them. You, you put their need. They need to go through the door before you go through. It's easy. So the second thing is this. And we're almost done. Practice serving somewhere consistently. Just like you get better at the gym by getting like a gym membership and going. I have a gym membership, but I don't always go. But I would get better at the gym if I went because I have a membership. I have consistency. I'm going to go back. That's how I became better in sports is I practice. I do it often. You're never going to get better at something unless you do it. So serving others is the same way. It transforms something inside of you. And if you don't believe that, that's fine. I get it. But it's really true that when you serve other people, it transforms something inside you. Rather than it just being when you feel generous or when you have, like, some extra time. Rather than it being easy when it's uh, – rather than doing it when it's easy, when you serve someone when it's inconvenient, it changes something inside your body. It changes something inside your heart. It makes you a better person. you're surrounded by people who are doing that every week you're here, and I think it's awesome. So the whole point of it is this. The whole point of this whole series, these last three weeks, the whole point is this. It's the whole reason we did it. For you to grow in your understanding of what it means to live like Jesus. That's all we want. So this whole week of games, it's, it's growth. 
spiritually mature. It's so we can look more like Jesus. Our maturity is Christ-likeness. And so if you sit in this room, and I think this is a lot of you, but if you guys would sit in this room tonight with me, and you'd say, someone would come up and you would ask you, hey man, you go to church, are you Christian or something? And you'd say, yes, that's what I am. Well then my next question to you would be, do people know that by your actions? Does what you believe, does that show on the outside? Does the way you look at school, or the way you act in school, and around the school, does that look like Jesus? Or the way that you interact with your family at home, does that look like Jesus? What about the way that you talk about the weird kid in class? Does the way that you talk about that person, and I know you're thinking about someone, you're like, I don't, I just don't like kicking with that person. Like, I don't, I don't like that kid. He dresses weird or she looks different. The way you talk about someone like that, does that reflect your belief in Jesus? It's funny, but... Man, it's so true. Does the way that you react when you feel like you've been disrespected, does it reflect Jesus? Some of you have had the opportunity to do this tonight, and I don't know if y'all passed. Does the way that you react when someone needs help, does that look like Jesus? And so for us to grow together in this, it's just for our life to mirror how Jesus lived. And it's something that you will try to do, and it will be hard. And you'll say, I don't know if I can do it anymore. And then that community, those people around you, they build you up. And then you can go, you can go longer. You can try more. You can, you can persevere through the wave as junk hits. And as it's messy in your life. Having a foundation and having an understanding of what living like Jesus, how that is in your life, radically changes your perspective and it radically changes your heart. It matters. And that's a value that we want for you. It's a value that I want you to grow in. And if you have questions about what that looks like, We've got awesome connection group leaders, and you have small group leaders, and there's leaders in the lobby. They've got these really bright green shirts. You can talk to them. Ask them about what that means. Because if we're going to have these gains, this growth in our life, we've got to serve others. We've got to surround ourselves with good people. And it's going to be hard. But if you can't sacrifice, you can't grow.